Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Of course, Brian Murphy in for Phil today. We got a lot to talk about. We've got Lindsey Whalen at 10 o'clock, Derek Wetmore, Mr. Fix-It. And uh, let's start with what's going on in Las Vegas. Got to hit the sound bite if we're mm. going to start with a judge. Come on. Right now. I'm just waiting for the sound. I forgot seconds, about the sound. Up a centering feed, and it goes wide, and that's it. It's over. The Knights are going to the Stanley Cup final. Two to one, the final score. It's great to win tonight, and it's great to be the Western Conference Championship, but that's not what we're here for. All right. My old boy, Gerard Gallant. You see Steve uh, Eiserman's uh, first uh, yes. wingman. I saw him play quite a bit back in the day. Now, Gerard Gallant, of, of course, was uh, left on the side of the road by the Florida Panthers before we saw him in Vegas after being fired in Carolina. But here's my question for you. If Maggie was here, he would bring up the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights as an expansion team are going to the Stanley Cup uh, Finals, Brian, and he would be uh, gleeful in talking about variance in hockey and my sport being goofed up. I am incredibly conflicted, and I'll tell you why, and I want you to help me here. Mm-hmm. I am conflicted because of this. The Vegas Golden Knights as an expansion team are a marvelous story. In the short term, this is a great story. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you, you've got a fan base now that is that is not only has a new team, but has a new team going to the Stanley Cup Finals. That's all well and good. Where my conflict comes in is, number one, in no other sport, in no other professional sport that we follow on a regular basis, can I think of where an expansion team would come into a league and in a year one go to its finals, World Series, Super Bowl, NBA Finals. And I do wonder with the state of several teams in this league, i.e. the Florida Panthers, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Arizona Coyotes, I do wonder how good it is for the league when you have a new team immediately come in and have this type of success. And yet, and to me, it masks or glosses current problems that exist in the league. So ultimately, is this a good thing for hockey? I think it's a great thing for hockey, and I'll explain why. Because it it is a unique story, and you know, let's not forget that days before the season opened, uh, there was a mass shooting in Las Vegas, and that town was in mourning and in shock and in crisis. And immediately, their first professional franchise starts, and they immediately become uh, sort of a, a little bit of a salve for the whole community, but also. They become the hottest story in the NHL right away. I mean, they put up 109 points. This wasn't sort of them backing into the 7th or 8th seed and getting on a huge run and being this underdog. Mm -hmm. They were the second best team in the Western Conference. They deserve to be where they're at. And they also had to take down last year's Western Conference champion. Or no, no, Winnipeg took them down, right? 
Yes, Nashville they, got they taken swept through L.A., went through San Jose, who but was the in the finals But the Jets were ago. very good. The Jets, the Jets were fantastic, and they took care of them in, in, in five games mm-hmm. and clinched it on, on road ice. Mm-hmm. Um, your point about the other warm-weather markets struggling, uh, the, the reason I think Vegas is going to be a little bit different is that it's a, tr- it's a total transient town, whereas Carolina, Sunrise, Florida... Uh, you know, maybe you can make the argument Phoenix is a little bit transient, but the way those teams are buried out in the suburbs, uh, the, the Hurricanes play in a in a basketball arena. This uh-huh. is a dedicated hockey arena in a market that is full of tourists. You're going to have all kinds of people from all over the country kiting in there to see their teams, uh-huh. and now you've got a fan base that's been treated to a historic event uh-huh. that's going to create momentum for several years. I think even if they you know come back to earth in the next couple of years. That fan base is going to be supercharged. I think this is good for hockey. All right. You might be right. I just... Well, I throw a wet towel on the best just, story well, in sports. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't... That's what I don't want to do. But what I like to do is I like to take the long-term view of things, too, and say, long-term, is this good? Because short-term, there's no question about it. There, short-term, this is a great story. As you said, there was, there was tragedy in that town as the season was starting. The team and town seem to come together. The building is always full. There's so many short-term things that look good. But I just kept saying that expansion teams usually come into a league and they flounder a little bit. And they might have some pop-up success, but not a ton of it. And and fans are happy that the team is there. And then they try and build. I, so they're spoiled, you think? I, well, they are. And I go back to uh, in 2003 when, when we covered the Wild going to the conference finals in year three of that franchise, thinking to myself, this success seems really fast. Well, now, this this is that success on steroids in Vegas. This is that success going another round and doing it in year one. So Yeah, and but I don't I don't think the problems in Carolina, Florida, and Phoenix are are going to be there ongoing. We all agree that this should be a 26, 27, 28 team league at 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 the most. I don't think Vegas's success is gonna necessarily buy more time for these other franchises because I would have well my my point initially was this I think it is it is a complete cash grab to be expanding of course I think it always they, has been my though. initial point and now th- this is past the, the point of n- no return now but my initial point Brian was that it should be Florida moved if you want a team there move it it should be Carolina, which I think is going to ultimately end up going to Houston. They should be moved. It should be Arizona, which has been a mess for how long now? Moved. Yeah, the league so, had to prop it up. So my my initial point is for the league to get well, they should be moving franchises. They are going into Seattle in, in a couple of years now. I think it's going to be 2020-21. They are going to go into Seattle at a price of $650 million. The Wild were $80 million 18 years ago. Yes, and Vegas was five, uh, cost $500 million in their expansion fee. And I saw stories saying, well, I tell you what, the league's going to crack down now. No way Seattle's going to have as favorable of expansion draft as they did. Well, guess what? That's not going to be the case. Why if not? I'm, if I'm paying $650 million to gain entry, I'm saying... Tilt the ice. Give me what you gave Vegas and a little bit better. I'm not going to pay that price and then say, but you know what? I'll be willing to accept a much much worse expansion draft. There's no way I'd say that. Well, first of all, Seattle, I think, has been a a great market without a hockey team for a long time. 
And I think that's a great and, idea. And they're going to have a great rivalry and, with Vancouver. And once again, that should be a team that moves from somewhere. I yes, I would agree that with that. That should be the Florida and Panthers. May ultimately, well, there may ultimately be another move job, maybe to Quebec, because they're going to have to bring it back to an even number of teams, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, even if we get up to 32, that goes counter to the 26-28 team argument. But maybe what happens is you get some roots in Quebec, and eventually uh, Florida or Arizona just kind of disintegrates. Now, I do want to I do want to bring this up because I think that this morning, as we saw, uh, Alex Tuck scored one of the uh, Golden Knight goals yesterday. We're thinking to ourselves, man, Chuck Fletcher, he deserved to be fired, which I, he probably did. But boy... Did the Wild get jobbed, right? The Wild, terrible deal. I want to bring up to you that, that as I went down this list, the Wild at the very at the very best here, or worst, is number three on the list of teams. That, that was the most generous? Okay. Yes, yes. Because we start with the aforementioned Florida Panthers, who a couple years ago, as I said before, fired their head coach and told him to catch a cab in Carolina. He's now the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. I forgot about this till this morning, Brian Murphy. The Florida Panthers worked out a deal. They worked out a deal with the Vegas Golden Knights on expansion draft night, just like the Wild did. It was worse than what Fletcher did. They got the Golden Knights to take Jonathan Marshall. All right? So he goes from, from having scored 30 goals in, 50 in, in 71 games for the Panthers last year to 27 in 77 games this year. So starting right there. Break even. Not, but now look at his postseason and a great Exactly. And a great pick. Well, they got them to take Marshall by working out a deal for the Vegas Golden Knights to take the contract of Riley Smith. <laughs> they traded the Florida Panthers. The pick was they got back a fourth-round pick for Riley Smith because Riley Smith had $25 million left on his contract, and that, damn it, was too much. He went from scoring 15 goals in 80 games with Florida in 2016-17 to 22 in 67 games. And then, as you said, playoffs this year. So right there, Florida, number one with a bullet. You basically helped Vegas more than anybody get to the Stanley Cup Finals. So they should just be summarily shot and executed, that franchise right That's now. Because awful. of their Because of their, their attendance woes, their, yes. they're continuing to drag down league value. Yes. And the fact that now they just uh, injected Vegas with basically yeah. their two most productive yeah. players ba- in the postseason. Begging them to take them. Yes. Begging them. Uh, team number two on this list, also not the Wild. The Columbus Blue Jackets. William Carlson. William Carlson, who in 81 games in 2016-17 with the Blue Jackets last year, Brian Murphy had six goals, was taken in the expansion draft by the Golden Knights and had 43 regular season goals in 82 games. Now, here's what I completely forgot. In order to get... And I'm not kidding you here. In order to get the Golden Knights to take Carlson, the Jackets traded their 2017 first round pick, a second round pick in 2019, and the rights to the injured David Clarkson to Vegas as well. So they, All to unload salary. Yes. So to unload salary, to be really smart about this whole thing, they said, just take this guy too. That shows how desperate teams are to get out from under bad deals. Yes. So... so. Make another bad deal to get out from under a bad deal. That's that. That's how. That's how general managers get canned. And number three, I would say, You're come on down, Chuck Fletcher. Our ice, Eric Halla, uh, taken by Vegas in the expansion draft, and then signed to a contract extension. And in order to get the Golden Knights to take Halla, they the 
Wild threw in Alex Tuck for a third round. Threw pick. in. Threw in, and Alex Tuck had uh, 15 goals in 78 regular season games. And Halla himself had 29 goals in 76 games. My point being is the Wild helped him out. A lot of teams helped him out. And the Florida Panthers, that's off the charts to me. That's off the charts to have misjudged something that badly where you gave them two, not one, but two absolutely crucial players. Well, then that kind of throws a little bit of cold water, too, on the argument that that, that Vegas got handed a bunch of things. that I, I know they had a better opportunity in the expansion it's draft than fair. other pre, uh, previous teams done. But you got to give credit to their advanced scouts yes. and their front office yes. for pulling off these deals and getting the right mix of players in there. Because that, no matter how you tilt the ice... Uh, in in terms of your structure of a new expansion draft, they still got to execute those moves. And as you said, they just fleeced three teams. And where I'm torn here is is when when Fletcher made the deal with them and traded Tuck. I I said to myself, or I said publicly, well, they kept Dumba. That's good. I did not criticize that at all. But the one thing, the reason why you get fired if you're Fletcher is this: you're paid to see things coming. So when Charlie Coyle's absolutely off the charts, not good. Nino Niederreiter and, and is... And Nino is okay, but and he got hurt too. But the point being is, we aren't paid to say, I've scouted Alex Tuck a bunch, and guess what? He's a special player. The Wild was. But I'd say the Wild is number three. The Florida Panthers and Columbus Blue Jackets, you basically, if you're the Blue Jackets, you beg them to take Carlson and threw in a first-round pick. Think about that for a second. That's absolutely ridiculous. Ding, ding. A drive to right field. It is deep. It is back high off the wall. One will score. Two will score. Morrison with a two-run single. Uh, foul ball in Anaheim. I think you guys might remember that play, but uh, landed pretty hard. Uh, you had a little whiplash, and um, you know, just been getting coming in, getting treatment on it, and uh, you know, trying to get out there every day, and. Uh, Today got out there and it started to stiffen up, uh, and get a little worse. So, um, you know, talking to the trainers and coaches, they thought it was best to get out of there before it uh, got any worse. Uh, that was, of course, Joe Mauer on Friday night uh, talking about being taken out of the Twins and Brewers game, Brian. Uh, I think in the fifth inning of that game, let's do this. Let's come back and talk about Joe because we we've gone from Friday night he was being taken out because of what, what they called neck. Tightness, cervicals. Yeah, well, but I mean, originally they're like, oh, you know, and 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 Paul was asked directly, is this a DL proposition on Friday night? And he said, I'm not thinking that way at all. I don't think so. And by Saturday, the news got worse. Uh, I want, want to come back and have a discussion about Maurer with you. You certainly sat down and talked to him in the past about his problems. Uh, the Twins aren't saying concussion, but boy, it sounds like it might be. If it quacks uh, like a duck. Yeah, exactly. Mackie and Judd is the show. Murph in for Phil. Uh, today we are on till 1 o'clock, 1500 ESPN TCL Broadcast Studios. Hang on. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Hurry up! On 1500 ESPN. Hey guys, it's Mackie here. Let's talk about America's fastest growing TV brand. TCL TVs, a huge TV brand worldwide as well. Third largest in the world to be precise. And what really separates TCL is the 4K Roku TV with excellent picture quality, four times the picture quality of a standard 1080p TV. Sleek design, stunning resolution, and you get the most streaming content of any TV on the market. We're talking about 4,000 plus streaming channels and 450,000 movies, TV show episodes. So on one page, so to speak, you got your cable or satellite menu of channels. And then 
on the next page, you've got all kinds of sports platforms and uh, entertainment options, you name it. You have to see the award-winning lineup of TCL TVs. Any major local retailer, you can stop in and check them out for yourself or go to TCLUSA.com. It's America's fastest-growing TV brand. Uh, foul ball in Anaheim. I think you guys might remember that play, but uh, planted pretty hard. Uh, you know, had a little whiplash, and um, you know, just been getting coming in, and getting treatment on it, and uh, you know, trying to get out there every day. And uh, today, got out there, and it started to stiffen up, uh, get a little worse. So, um, you know, talking to the trainers and coaches, they thought it was best to get out of there before it uh, got any worse. That was uh, Joe Maurer talking on Friday night. He was lifted in the fifth inning of that game, uh, and immediately the Twins announced during the course of the uh, loss to the Brewers Friday that he had neck stiffness. Maurer uh, talked after the game, and that's where that quote comes from, or those quotes come from. Molitor at the time said he didn't see it as a DL situation, which uh, probably was, in retrospect, nonsense, because they came back on Saturday then, Brian, and put uh, Joe on the 10-day DL with a cervical neck strain and concussion symptoms, uh, which is extremely concerning given the player. And you now you did... Was it two years ago now or Febu- last March? No, it was February of 16. I sat down okay. with him before spring training at his house. So when when you hear all this and go back to, to the fact that he he basically sounds like had a whiplash deal when he dove for a ball against the Angels in California a couple weeks ago, when you hear this with Joe, what's your immediate thought? Because it certainly has to be a concern, and this goes back to concussions are weird or or head injuries are weird. You don't know. It could be ten days. It could be two weeks. Well, I think it was it could be te- two months. I think it was telling that he was not at the ballpark Saturday or Sunday. They basically wanted him to go home and avoid sort of the triggers, which for him it sounded like was lights. Um, at least it was this time around, um, and he's mentioned that before too. Uh, when he sat down with me too, he said that you know light could sometimes trigger it. He was this was the first time he said he was going to experiment with sunglasses uh, at the plate, specialty sunglasses that were going to cut down on the glare because his numbers in day games. This was when his back uh, batting average was spiraling anyway. I think he had and bottomed out in 2015 with a three, 265 average, but his numbers in day games were like 240, and his numbers in night games were about 280. And I think he was making the determination that that was a problem. And he even said, there are times I've gone up to the plate and I just couldn't pick up the ball. That's part of the frustration because I'm trying to do everything I can to get back. It just takes time. Uh-huh. That was the first time he had ever mentioned that concussions, which dated back, his last known concussion was in 2013 when he took a couple of big blows on foul tips and they said, okay, you're done catching. It's time to convert to first base. Now that's five years ago. He said those con- in 2016, he said some of those symptoms were lingering, but throughout that season and in 2017, he's boosted his numbers throughout the first part of this season. He's boosted his numbers. He seemed like much more of the Joe Maurer of the past. Now he dives for a ball. It's described as a neck injury with concussion-like symptoms. And boy, Derek Falvey, the, uh, I think it was Saturday, did everything he could to na- say it is, we don't know yet if it is a concussion. Right. But look, if you're sending the ball player home and basically telling him, don't get off the couch and probably stay away from bright lights all weekend, uh, you know, it, if it, like I said, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, knowing his history, it probably is a duck. And I, I wonder what the fallout is, or if so, if they go, if they list it as a concussion, then I then there's think, a protocol. I think then you, you have to go through all, all the baseball protocol, correct? Correct. And so it probably makes sense to wait as long as possible. But this is just too bad, too. To me, it's just too bad because Maurer came back 
last year. And is is he the player that he was in his prime? Absolutely not. He's not. That player's gone. That player's done. He's not an eighteen million dollar player, but right. he's definitely a serviceable first base. And he's turned and he's turned himself into a, a gold glove candidate. Yes. yes. And this is just, you know, he goes back for a ball, he dives for it, he gets hurt again, and I'm sure that the the Mauer bashers are all going to come out now and be like, you know, typical Mauer, can't stay on, on the field, yeah, can't stay that's, healthy. that's misguided. It is. And, and I really... Joe Mauer, Brian, is such an interesting case to me. Because for a guy who's going to be remembered as being a great baseball player in his prime, but a vanilla human being... The emotions towards him are so across the board, and there's so many people who have basically passionate feelings about his career. I look at it now, and it's sad to me. I look at it now, and it's a guy who was who was in the midst of a really good career. And, and I get it. The one thing that we have to accept is the fact that this guy – Aside from one year, was never going to hit a ton of home runs. Okay, no, he hit so twenty eight in, in the Metrodome. Then right. they moved, and yes. But the whole thing with the concussions, and the whole thing with having to move to first base, and the whole thing with the with the few years of definite decline, and then sort of the bounce back is all tied up in the concussion problem. Yes, and and so I'm going to look back at Joe's career and see two things. One is a, a phenomenal player who was a catcher for quite some time, and who was who was a guy who could hit like almost no other catcher ever. But then I'm going to look at this stage and say, it's really just too bad. It's too bad that he couldn't move to first base. And Earlier. Have, yeah, and, and have at least a prolonged run. And once again, this is not about power, but a prolonged run of Mark Race, Olerud type just success of hitting, let's say, 320. But, you know, you're when you, you mention the across-the-board emotional reactions. The stuff about him having a vanilla personality, I think, is completely unfair and unfounded because from day one, when anybody started talking to him at Creighton Durham Hall, Joe Maurer is the same guy he was at 18 years old that he is today at 35. And, you know, the only... I think what the bitterness stems from is the timing of the contract when everybody knew he could, New York or Boston was going to back up the Brinks truck the Twins had to come over the top with a market value deal. And the fact that the decline has been on the backside for, for the most part on that deal. Um, I, you know, and, and again, concussion symptoms, the bilateral leg weakness. Hey, put that on the front office and Bill Smith yeah, for coming up with that definition. But that was dumb. also put up, uh, put that on the fact that that was uh, not a good way to frame why your catcher is not in the lineup. But concussion symptoms. Concussion symptoms, you cannot gloss over and say, this is Joe being a malingerer. No. And, and I think that's what there's... You, no. you tie that to the contract, and you tie that to the attitude of most, most fans with the decline. They don't want to hear about it. But clearly, two years after the fact, three, five years after these last concussion, two years after conceding that there were some vision issues with it, and after recovering from that, all it took was one dive in Anaheim, yes. and now we're back on that treadmill again. When will he be back? When will he be able to uh, deal with light again? When when will he be will he be a DH? Will he be able to see the ball again? Will he be able to go back to first base? There's always the now, risk that he's going to dive again and re uh, uh, re up these. Uh, Symptoms. Now, I feel bad for him as a human being, but I will say this: from the cold, cruel world of sports business, 
I think this pretty much allows you, if you're the Twins, to say this is going to be it. Oh, absolutely. But, but I mean, there, there was a case to be made in the last year plus at times to say, you know what? First baseman, he's really good. He can still hit. Not, not magnificent, but he can still hit. But I think that this is the type of thing where you say we have to move on. Well, it depends. And there's going to be a Joe Mount. You know, I would I would make the last day. I, I think they closed the, the season on a Sunday against Casey. I would make that Joe Mauer day. I would honor Joe or when he comes back if he's not going. to. But my point being is, I think that this provides clarity on what the future should be because I could see the poll ads and I could see some high powered people with the franchise saying, you know, it's, can't let him go. It's Joe. We can't let him go. And if I'm Falvey, I say, you know what. We need to. Well, and you, you, I think what'll be interesting is, and again, we don't know how long he's going to be out and how long this is going to affect his market value, but what will his market value be as a free agent? If he was a 300 hitting singles, mostly very good defensive first baseman. I mean, what are we talking? Are we talking about 1 million? Are we talking about an incentive based sort of, are we talking about a Teddy Bridgewater deal where you throw him a bone? Yeah, probably. I mean, probably. But the problem but it's is, it's a one-year deal. It's, yes, he'll get a one-year deal, and it's been interrupted now because of these symptoms. That's going to completely yeah. change. I, a week ago, what would we have said? Oh, a week ago, a week ago, I'm I was speculating that that the Twins would probably make a strong push to keep him on a short-term contract. Yes, but, and he but would this, probably give a hometown discount for that too. Oh yeah, he but, better after uh, well, you know fleecing him for a while. And then there's the and then there's the group of the group of folks who always say, well, now he'll just be done, he'll retire. I don't buy that. Athletes are, aren't wired like that. No, Joe wants to still play. Athletes are wired to want to continue, and and it makes me sad sometimes because we've seen a lot of guys stick around well past the time that they should. But there's very few Robert Smiths who wake up one day and just say, I'm done playing. The norm is to what? The norm is to say, oh boy, if I just train a little bit more this offseason, if I get myself set to go, if I can do this, if I could do that, I can at least get to a semblance of the player I was. I think Joe continues playing. Well, and don't forget, too, his his best buddy from the M&M days, Justin Morneau, basically went down that route and, and would not give up and had, you know, he had a great moment with Colorado. He came back here as an all-star. Didn't he win the home run derby? No. No, I don't think he. No, I. I oh, Cespedes. Yeah, I, I think. think. I think he participated, but he he won a batting title. He won there. a batting title. He I knew there was some title. kind of accolade he had, and and it was because he had come back. Yeah, now he he, went back he didn't do anything in Chicago, but he definitely did something in Colorado. Yes, I think he could look at that as a model as saying, you know, I may come back now. Does he want to ever be a part time player? Because he may be relegated to that. He might have to accept that. He might have to accept that. I don't think he wants to leave Minnesota. I mean, his wife's from here, his twins are here, they got a great life here. I'd be willing to bet he'd give the twins a hometown discount to stay for one more year. And then maybe from that point on, if he can still prove his value, maybe he gets a, you know, maybe, maybe a two year deal after that, or somebody comes calling and then he has to make a tough decision. But I don't know if that tough decision comes after this year. Again, all of that being the caveat, he may be out for six weeks, he may be out for two days, he may bump his head again. Or get suffer whiplash on another dive because again he's proven himself as a very good first baseman. He's not going to not dive for balls now. Um, I think his value now is 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 muddled. And if you don't bring him back, he's off the books. Uh, Lance Lynn, I believe. Yeah, he'll be will off. Be off the it's books. a one year deal. Morrison has a two year deal with some type of option though. And Hughes is, is still dragging. Yeah, Hughes is still dragging so it you down. You got a lot. You you potentially if you're. Formulating a 2019 Twins roster, you potentially have a lot of room to to work with financially. So if Joe's gone, I just but I stuff like this, I see this, and it's it's not a 
fair business, but I look at this one and I say to myself, I probably say, Joe, we really appreciate it, but that's it. Here at least. If you want to continue to play, that's fine. But as far as things go here, that that that's going that's gonna be it. That's gonna be well, We're done I mean, here with you know, it. The Vikings have done that. It's a much crueler business yeah. in the NFL, but it's it's an easy decision to make from that. But again, is Jim Polad going to say, do whatever you can to bring him back because he's an ambassador? And this is the one where I go to Jim and say, look at what ha- happened. You, fight, you, in you May hired of me to make these exactly. tough calls. Let yeah. me take the bullets. Yes. Uh, take a break. Come back. We have uh, potentially breaking wild GM news. Could it finally be done? It looks like it. Hang on, Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Well, you don't really have a choice. On 1500 ESPN. Bill Mackie. When will I know when I'm a man? Your mom and I will tell you. Judd Zolgad. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Hockey night in Canada. The greatest, greatest theme, theme song ever, yes. but not this one. The one from the late 70s, well, early 80s. But Monday Night Football can bite it, because this is better. I, I would agree. This it's is a, better. That brassy royal. And this leads us to the news out of uh, that is coming out of St. Paul. At least very close. Brian Murphy, why don't you deliver it's, it's what is... It's breaking-ish. Okay. Well, it's good enough for me. Uh, good enough for this show. According to Mike Russo on The Athletic, uh, the chatter has indeed circulated around the NHL for 36 hours that uh, Craig Leopold offered the job to Paul Fenton roughly 36 hours ago. But they would not confirm this Sunday night that Fenton has been offered and accepted the job. Basically what it sounds like is Fenton's agent is over at the World Championships in Denmark, and there may be a little bit of problem at, problems trying to get this thing finalized. But Russo says... Um, there could be an uh, announcement as early as today in a news conference as early as Tuesday. Paul Fenton, the assistant, the longtime assistant of David Paul, uh, David Poyle in Nashville, yep. helped build that uh, 2017 Stanley Cup final team. He's a builder through the draft. He's a hmm. he's a builder of homegrown talent. At least that's the model he's had. Yeah, which is very. What are they going to do here? Which is. Ve- which is very intriguing. What are they to gonna me. do on our ice? Man, I love this song. Oh. That's the key. Fenton spent two weeks. You gotta learn the song. Before we give you the job, you gotta learn the whole song. Craig Leopold mandated that. Maybe he'll come out in the middle. I don't know if they have the ice anymore, but maybe he'll skate out and plant that flag before oh, his news conference. By the way, here's my here's my request. It will be ignored completely as most of them are for 2018-19. Can we not have a slogan? Yes. Can the season it's not, not have, up there, isn't it? I've can been we not have a slogan? Can we not have a slogan? Can we not have people dumping water on the ice and saying this? Is a, can we just can we go one year without a slogan? Well, what are the marketing folks going to do? You got to do something. That, I don't. That's care. how they justify their jobs. Here, okay. Here's what you do. It's branding. Here's what you do. I, I'm giving you two pro, two projects. If you're in my marketing department and I am overseeing it in St. Paul, I got two projects and they're going to keep you really busy. The tweak. Number, Let's just call it the tweak. Oh, no, no, no. This is the first is sort of a tweak. The second's big. I sit my marketing people down. And I say, I don't want to hear from you bozos for months because here's what you're going to be working on. Number one, a mascot. They, they have Nordy. Nordy. What is Nordy? I don't know. He's Asexual a, he's, nothing. Well, what what do you make out of the wild? How do you exactly? exactly. Tweak a yeti tweak, or what? Tweak number two, which is a massive. Loon? They've already got that. I want within the next four years. I want you to come to me with a real name for this franchise. I want you to come oh, to me with a real. Changing the yes. wild. I want you to come to me with a real name and a real logo. It'll get that makes worse. Sense. If you put 20 marketing people in a room to come up with okay. them, it's going to get worse. Then than I'm the firing wild. 18 of them, and and I'm getting my two smartest marketing people. That that's what I want. 
I want a five-year plan to change the name, understanding that the North Stars is unavailable and will never be. Okay, so so if you're listening out there and you're like, oh, here's Judd again with typical North Stars love. I'm not asking for that. I'm asking for a real name, and I want an immediate and mascot. And you want it plural with an S, right? Well, absolutely. Yeah, singular names are stupid. Yes. How about that? Is that too much to ask? Yeah, it is, because then you're going to have to blow up the logo. I want to do that. I hate the logo. I don't like the jerseys that much. I don't understand them. What is a wild? The French Rome is burning, and you're and and you're worried no, about the wardrobe. I'm employ. I want my marketing department on this. My hockey ops people are already going to be very busy trying to rebuild this team, not retweak it, not tweak it, but rebuild it. No, I got both sides work. All I'm doing is trying to put people to work. Trying to make the wild more money is what you're trying to do. Sure. Yeah, because then they're going to. Uh, there's going to be five other jerseys to sell. Exactly. Well, all the new merch that everybody got and has to get, and then the fans are going to be bitter because of all those jerseys that they already bought. They're not going to be worthwhile anymore. They're going to be retro. What and what's the hottest thing right now? Retro North Star stuff. Twenty years down the line, everyone's going to say, "Man, remember the Wild? Remember that logo?" We should bring that back. And then you can, you know, year 2040, you're set, you're selling old wild stuff. Remember in the good old days, back at the early XL. You know what they ought to replicate? Is the one banner that's hanging in the rafters. <laughs> the 2007, 2008 Northwest Division champions celebrate the 10 year anniversary of that this year. The yeah. twins would. You said the one banner. I thought you meant the wild fans. The number one. Oh, I'm the sorry, there one. are two banners. Can we there. bring that down, by the way? That was Can little... we give number one to a goaltender like, like God meant? That was, yeah, they retired number one, didn't they? Opening night. That's yes. right. It's been hanging there since day one. Can we do that? Musting. Yeah. Can, can we can we please get her down and give it to a goalie? I think that would be nice, yes. Honest to God. Yeah, I could I could do with that. Yeah, I think our ice is still the banner is still want, hanging on the XL Energy Center. I honestly I honestly want a year six weeks later. I want a year with no slogan. Just one year with no slogan. No, this is our ice. This is how we baseball. Can we please admit that we, if you don't have, if five marketing people come to you and you're president of the team and you're like, all of those suck, let's not have one. Let's just not have a slogan. Like, this is how we baseball? It's it's 2018, Judd. The the horse is out of the barn, man. You've got marketing departments that are all about branding and rebranding and branding and rebranding. And you could go retro, steal one from the old North Star. So close to the second round, we can taste it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, we're not even all that close to the second round, frankly. We got one win. We're so close to the what, playoffs. Enjoy your Again. traffic. Yes. Enjoy your traffic jam coming to the Met Center. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I look at these slogans, and honest to God, I just want to say, just don't do one. Just give me, just give me one. Well, I, I don't mind. All the eyes the regular season's Dude. fine. They're kind of benign, but don't. Don't come out heavy in the postseason, and and you know just, what? that's a great point too. Because you got nothing great to stand point. on, and then you're going to look terrible when that R ice banner's hanging in mid May uh, on your on your building when the team hasn't played since April 10th at home or something like that. The last time they played at home, we were digging out of that blizzard. Yeah, no, you're right. No, I. And the team that beat them's already been eliminated, and our ice is still up. There. <laughs> yeah, that unbelievable, unbeatable Winnipeg Jets team. How about this slaughtered by Vegas? How about this idea? You aren't allowed. The National Hockey League mandates that you can't have a toweled whiteout until the second round. I don't want to get there for opening. opening. Everybody does it now. Too. I know, no, there no. needs to be a new tradition. But that's my point. The Red Wings throw octopi on the ice. Nashville throws 
Catfish. Catfish on the ice. What would they do? But little, that's organic. little that's... lutefisk or some walleye? <laughs> Bring your hot dish. Everybody throw some tots on. <laughs> this is this is our casserole hot dish. Yes. Green bean casserole <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> this is our hot dish. <laughs> Honest. I, but I mean, I just, I'm so tired of slow, silly slogans. And I'm so tired. I get it. But I'm that's so like complaining about like... advertisements on the board. But hold on a second. Know? What about my idea? A five-year plan for a new name. A completely new name that has a uh, that that is plural because I'm with you on that, and then has a logo that makes sense. Why Dave? don't we open up the phone lines? Anybody got any suggestions? Six five one six four six eight two five five. Oh, and Dave, tell the the folks about the Twitter poll that you have also posted. I oh, forgot to mention that. Yeah, we posted a Mauer poll based on the uh, topic of conversation last segment. It was simple. What word best describes Joe Maurer in your mind? Oh, you, 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 now you've done it. Well, you might be surprised. I don't know. The options are overpaid, oh, underappreciated. I'm sorry. I thought it was an open-ended thing. No, 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 no. We have four options. <laughs> okay. Overpaid, underappreciated, fragile, and the fourth option is just milk with an exclamation point. You know where, it's going to win. Where do you think it lands right now? Fragile. We have 145 votes in, and actually the runaway is 45% say underappreciated. Oh, that's, well, oh, that's something new. 27% overpaid, 16% fragile, and 12% go for milk. Everybody's coming around. Everybody's coming around a Perhaps. bit. There's a little bit of empathy for Mr. Maurer. That could be it. I bet by 3 o'clock today, milk is winning. Milk's got a long way to go, only 12%. I People mean, love the... Uh, well, the explanation, exclamation point makes a big difference, though, because it's not just milk toast. It's sort of yeah. milk with an edge. Yes. <laughs> Fiery milk. <laughs> Whole milk. Yeah. Whole milk. No 1% here. <laughs> oh, oh, geez. I like milk, though, guys. I I love milk. Who doesn't like milk? Wasn't he the uh, Lando Lakes guy for a while? Kemp's. 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 I'm sorry, yeah. Same don't, as don't Bobby Smith it. in my youth. Bobby Smith, who who was very Mauer-like in the, in the aw shucks. G- and Smith giant. was a very smart guy. Gentle giant, yeah. He was... Uh, uh, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500 if you have any thoughts on the Wild and or a decent name for this uh, Wobegon franchise. And uh, also, let's come back and talk about if Paul Fenton, Brian, is indeed the guy. Let's talk about what he's up against because um, my guess is he doesn't think it's a tweak. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Wow, the suspense. This is a cliffhanger. Mackie and Judd. Cliffhanger. On 1500 ESPN. This is where the magic starts. Mackie and Judd now continue. Showtime! On 1500 ESPN. Get your Independence Day off to a running start with the Red, White, and Boom TC Half Marathon Relay and 5K on Independence Day, July 4th. Come out to Boom Island Park for this Twin Cities summer tradition and get your run and first picnic of the holiday under your belt. If you're at the lake or out of town, no problems there. You can run the virtual Red, White, and Boom wherever you are at. For more details and to register, visit 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Zolgad, Brian Murphy, Harrigan intern, Max, uh, TCL Broadcast Studios, talking about the wild. Uh, we do have a phone call here. Hey, Mark, what's going on? Hey, Judd. Uh, good morning to everybody there. Uh, first, I want to say, Judd, you, at your age, you've got to stop thinking in five-year plans. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I just... The end is nigh. <laughs> Keep going. I'm listening. You shouldn't be buying 30 packs or green bananas, let alone a five-year plan to rename the team. Uh, my uh, wild name is 
The Minnesota muskies, a fighting fish, ferocious. You could have a lot of fun stuff with the logos. And, uh, you know, it's uh, they're part of Minnesota. That was our ABA team, right? One of the two ABA teams, the Pipers and muskies that played here? Oh, yeah, I forgot. But you can well, do I'm it. Not a native Minnesotan, but we can uh, we can use it. It hasn't been used for a while. Yep. Thanks. It's got teeth. Thank right? you, Don't muskies have teeth? Yeah. You can, okay, you can have some fun with Thanks, that. Thanks, Mark. They're the top of the food chain. They're, uh, you know, but uh, the fighting muskies beats the hell out of the ducks. It does indeed. <laughs> well, the ducks have a cup. And and Mark's got a point because if you go back, the um, when I was a youth, before they moved and became the New Jersey Devils, the Colorado franchise was the Rockies, which the baseball team took. Yep. So you can take it. And the Muskies were, ABA was, I think, in town here late, late 60s. So it's not going to be like, oh, my God, they stole a basketball name. I think you'd be fine there. I'm only 48. Yeah, it sounds like you got one foot in the grave, yeah. according to, well, don't I mean, buy com- green bananas. Compared to my partners, I, I'm old. Yeah. But I'm only 48. I, th- I thought five-year no. plans would work. You're 48, but your liver's like 65. Yeah, you're 48 going on 70. You've, You've got a curmudgeonly to you. a long time. Oh, I am curmudgeonly. I, you know what? It takes, I have found, it takes a lot to actually start to pickle the old liver, though. And you're a beer <laughs> it takes, drinker, too. It takes quite a bit. Dude. You're not a hard liquor oh, yeah, guy, no, right? No, no, no. Don't yeah, do hard liquor. That's okay. That's no wine, okay. all beer. Well, it's a lot of beer. That's all I'm saying. I went through my hard drinking phase in the early in my early 20s and decided this is no good for me. I was a bad drunk. Mm. I'm I'm an I'm a pleasant enough drunk on beer, but when you start well, are you sloppy or tonics, are you angry? You get ang- angry. Oh, okay. Gin and tonics. Oof. Those things I it was not a good it's look. Like gnawing on a pine tree. It was not a good look. It was not. Uh so as far as the wild goes, when Leopold said a tweak, do you think he even? <laughs> I asked him to define that? tweak too. I, and I think, and my opinion is that Paul Fenton might have, because this took a long time, and the Fitzgerald, the assistant GM from the Devils, clearly impressed them. But I also wondered if this had come down to because Fenton's known Craig for a long time. If Paul Fenton told Leopold. This is way more than a tweak, Craig. I mean, look at you've got Prezi, Suit, or Koivu signed for two more years. And because they've known each other long enough that you could probably be candid there. But what's your what's your opinion about what you thought Craig actually believes? Because tweak to me seems to be way underselling what's going to be done here. Tweak to me buys you time with your season ticket based. Tweak to me is it's we're really not obviously that far away. There may be some issues and we had some injury problems and, you know, we want a new fresh set up eyes on this roster. But we are locked into this roster because of the decisions that the guy I'm letting go has made. So tweak to me is selling to your fan base, we're not going to blow it up. Because nobody wants to hear, get on board for that three-year rebuilding plan, and don't forget, renew your tickets by now, because the warming house is full. (laughs) The Minnesota Wild, remember July 4th, 2012? Well, you're going to need to forget it. (laughs) Because it didn't work. Yeah, because there's no, I, you know, but the other, okay, the interesting dynamics here. Are this. Plus, uh, real quick, Paul yeah. Fenton is also uh, was part of a of an organization that built heavily through the draft and player development. That's what Nashville was defined as. The interesting thing, other factor here, is this one: Boudreaux. Oh yeah, he's not a kid. He's inheriting. He's got. A, I think he signed a four year contract. I think he's got two years left. He's inheriting. He's getting a new boss. 
who didn't hire him. Who didn't hire him, and he also he also did not take this job to ever build this team. No. He took this job because he was going to be a component to step in and get the results that Mike Yo couldn't. There's a lot of moving pieces and dynamics here, and I would love to know what the real thinking is going to be now with Fenton stepping into this job and them looking at the cap and their current contracts. And if they're being realistic with themselves, you can make the playoffs, I think, or continue to. Yeah. But are you going to make a run? I think the the answer to that is absolutely not. I tell you what, after watching the Western Conference playoffs and watching Winnipeg and Nashville skate up and down the ice and watching Vegas skate up and down the ice, I don't see the Wild going anywhere anytime soon, even if they're in. I mean, how do you see them winning any playoff series right now, even with a healthy Parisi and a healthy suitor? It would be what, Dubnik standing on his head? I don't see these guys matching speed, production, confidence, experience, Nashville, what do you uh, think they do? Winnipeg. What do you think compared to the team? San Jose. Compared to the teams, the best teams or the top teams that you've seen, Brian, what do you think the Wild does really well? Oh, they move the puck. Okay. You know, they can get out of their own end, yeah. um, but they can't finish. They can't finish. And when I look at the fastest teams, they're not near that fast. And when I look at the strongest teams, they're not near that strong. My point is they do a lot of things okay. But they don't do things that take over games. And the other thing Absolutely, is, too, yes. I, I don't see Love them. They, they've never had a killer instinct. You know, they've been known to, when they fall behind, pack it in. I think game five in Winnipeg was a classic example of that. Um, and that was a mass pack in, starting with the goaltender, who gave up some terrible goals. And the team just basically said, we're done. Yeah, we're done. This, pl- this place is going crazy. Would, we know we're done. I would say if I've ever seen them, if I was... Ever to ask, be asked, have you seen them uh, quit in a game under Boudreaux? That would be one of the few I would say, yes, they quit in that yes, game. Yes, they did. And they haven't, uh, you're right, they haven't done that in too long of a time. But I, I remember under Mike Yo, well, the game, the game against Boston that got him fired, they basically mailed in. But even even games against Chicago, you could see them be crestfallen, you know, in the playoffs where they just knew this just wasn't going to happen. And I don't see them it, with the current roster that they have getting anywhere in the Western Conference. I'm not saying they do any better in the East. I'm just saying the way the game is played, the way this postseason has unfolded, mm-hmm. watching Winnipeg, watching Nashville, watching Vegas, and even San Jose, which has got some experience. I mean, I don't see them. You know, who who would they have beaten? You could say, ah, oh, it's a bad matchup with, uh, with uh, uh, Winnipeg because Winnipeg's more physical and they got but more depth. But you still would have had to get they through would have them. Had to go, Vegas was the next yeah, team not, they were going to have to go through. You're not going to have to play those teams. Right. It's not I mean, like you're going to not play them. The best matchup that they've had in, in the in the Suter-Parisi era was St. Louis last year in the first round. No reason they should have been eliminated in five games. They should have been moving on. And since that, that window's been slammed shut. Hi, Dave. How are you? Hi, Jed. How are you? I want to talk to Mr. Murphy. Uh, see, I think it's a... The Wild finished eighth overall in the NHL. It is a it's a tweak, not a rebuild. I want I want his opinion on this trade. Sure, it, it, it's the next. This guy is the next Tyler Sagan. He's on the market now because he. How, what do you think of this trade, Mister Murphy? The Wild are going to get younger, faster, and have spending less money. Eric Stahl and Jared Spurgeon. Who I, Jared Spurgeon is my favorite player, but this is this is what the other team needs. This is what they want. To Toronto for William Nylander, who's 21 years old. He scored 60 points two years in a row. He's a future Tyler Sagan, 
and and then for for Tyler or for uh, William Nylander and like a guy like Caspi Kaperin, who's a like a number two overall second round draft choice, who's got a lot of potential. You're much younger. You're faster. You've got you've got your three centers for the future with Nylander, Erickson Eck, and Cunnan. I I would I, I think it's a great I, and they also trade Charlie Coyle for Silverberg just to get both of them a change of scenery. But then you got you got two older veterans in Coyble and Parisi. You got like four guys in the middle of their career: Granlin, Zucker, Nino, and Silverberg. And then you got like six six young guys in there, like twenty one that all could be very good in the future. It sounds I, I like a fantastic a, deal, but I don't think Toronto's going to bite on any of that. I mean, they love Nylander with Austin I, I, Matthews you and out hockey news and stuff online lately. They've got all kinds of trades for. They're talking about trading Doug Hamilton from Calgary straight up for uh, Nylander. Nylander's in Babcock's doghouse. Check it out. Don't take my word for it. Read read hockey news. This guy's going to be the next. If they trade him, he's the next Tyler Sagan, and Toronto will be regretting it for years. So, anyway, thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Dave. Okay, no problem. It must be true. It's in the hockey news. Okay, if it's in the hockey news, and and I uh, admittedly have not read the hockey news in probably 10 years, but uh, maybe I should. uh, I still get it at home. You do? Yeah. The paper copy? It's glossy. Is it glossy? It's glossy now. It's very disappointing. I don't like it. Is it thin? Oh, but it, it's it's now like SI, and, and it's not. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be. It's supposed to be like the, the old school sporting news. It's supposed to be, you know, like a newspaper that you can fold like a tabloid, as it was for years and years. So. I, I, lo- I look. I love the idea of moving Charlie Coyle. I love the idea of bringing in a twenty-one-year-old uh, center, but uh, I don't see Toronto taking a bite on all of that. Mm-hmm. Spurgeon, maybe. I don't know what their defense needs are. Yeah, Spurgeon's an interesting one because he's very good. I could see him being traded. Because you're not going to move Dumba. I've just heard some things behind the scenes that there might be some, there, it might be realistic to trade him. Yeah, and Dumba's going to stay and Zucker's going to have, have to go. Uh, let's, let's transition. Wild to Lynx. Waylon joins us next for our uh, weekly chat with the Lynx point guard. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Sit back and relax and enjoy this on 1500 ESPN.